Our reading today comes from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship the by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and puts no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for legalistic righteousness, faultiness. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Um, Martin uh, did something probably for the very first time in this church when he uh, used a word in the questions to Emma that I've never, I don't think, ever heard in church before. Um, Absolutely fantastic, though. And something uh, of a second miracle might take place, too, in that I'm going to speak for under 20 minutes. And um, I'm going to do that because time has gone on a little bit. But it's so good to be able... Uh, to hear of people committing their lives to Jesus in one way or another this morning. And the church is called to be a place where it prays for all nations. And uh, that's what we've done this morning, uh, laying on the hands and praying. Uh, and it's an amazing thing that uh, Emma and Karen have committed their lives in that way. And it's an encouragement for all of us in our everyday lives to give our all to Jesus. And that's what this series has been about, Together in Christ. It's not just about one or two people, but it's about all people, us as a whole church. And it is, like Paul said, it's great to see so many of you here this morning and friends online as well. We've gone through a couple of uh, talks already in this series about being giving thanks together as God's people, and then last week about what it means to reflect Jesus, and uh, the whole of the service really was a focus on uh, Queen Elizabeth II and her life, and if you missed that and you want to look back on that over perhaps the next day or two as uh, part of uh, what it means to reflect upon her life, then please do that online. But today is about living confidently. We gave thanks, as I said, and these were the four points. We reflected on Christ with uh, a focus on Queen Elizabeth and her life being accountable to Jesus. But today, it's about living confidently. Living confidently as God's people. I don't know whether you know the actress Blake Lively. Um, she uh, is someone who uh, is quite a famous actress in Gossip Girl. I have never watched Gossip Girl in my life. 
uh, just to say that, but that's who she is. And um, the quote that she has is this, which is fascinating. The most beautiful thing you can wear is confidence. I have a real lack of confidence as a minister about what I wear on a Sunday. Because I know 200 people or so are looking at what I wear and maybe talking about that on a Sunday roast rather than what I've said. It's a terrible thing for to be a minister in that way. But we've all chosen what to wear today. What do we look good in on a Sunday? Maybe some of us are on in our Sunday best. Some of us want to be relaxed on a Sunday because we've got suited and booted in the week. Well, she talks about confidence in terms of the most beautiful thing that you wear. Confidence. I don't know whether you are a confident person, whether you consider yourself to be confident. Or, or where does your confidence come from if you, if you are. are a confident person? Does it come from material wealth or does it come from body image or does it come from social circles, the people that you connect with or the position in your workplace or your community or your church? Where does your confidence come from? But third question, where does your lack of confidence come from? Not an actress, but a writer of cross-cultural mission called Dwayne Elmer. And a brilliant book on cross-cultural servanthood. If you have not read it, Karen, you need to read it. It's brilliant. He says, in terms of Christian ministry and mission, and in fact, in every aspect of life, whatever you do, in fact, in fact all religions are none. Humanity has a common theme, which is everyone is insecure. But not everyone is self-aware. <laughs> Basically saying that we all have a struggle with our confidence in one way or another. We may be confident in one area of life, but perhaps not in another. Some people in church culture may be really confident in praying before others, and maybe some are not so. Some are confident about the Bible, and they know everything about it, and they're the go-to person. And then there may be others for whom... Opening the scriptures, reading out loud, Josh, what an amazing way to read the scriptures. He did a brilliant job. He's on a rotor now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but some of us may not have confidence to speak the scriptures publicly. Some of us may have confidence to serve. Others may not so. We may need encouragement. Insecurity is all around us, actually. But what is healthy confidence? I found a picture of something that is very foreign to me. This is the kind of stuff I rarely eat. Though, Though uh, Janet kindly gave me a bag of salads from Kairos Cafe. I was in there at the end yesterday. Go to Kairos at the end. It's brilliant. Do you want a bag of salad? It's going to go off. <laughs> salad? What salad? Um, Healthy confidence. How do we have healthy confidence? confidence? This is a good place to start in Philippians chapter 3. It's a good place to begin. But actually Paul is addressing something about misplaced 
confidence. And he used this strange phrase, phrase, no confidence in the flesh. This misplaced confidence is what he's addressing in the church in Philippi. Actually, he's given thanks for the people. He's, there are people that bring him a lot of joy, and he's got a great connection to the church in Philippi. It's a wonderful place. He's in good relationship, but something is happening in the church. It's like there is a theological intruder, um, someone who's breaking into the community and speaking in a way that is just a little bit off-piste. It's not as it should be in the Christian life. And these people, these teachers, actually they are Jewish evangelists who are saying things that are causing a misplaced confidence in the church. And Paul is at real pains to address this. He's moved from a place of thanksgiving and joy into a place where he doesn't pull his punches at all. I actually asked um, Martin to read the end of that passage, sorry, the beginning of that passage, and Josh to read the end, because I thought, when Paul mentions dogs and evildoers and mutilators of the flesh, I thought, for a young person, probably not good to read that. It comes with a 15 certificate. But he read it so well. <laughs> but Paul uses this language, which is pretty graphic. It's pretty intense. And he's using it because his passions have burned up and he's boiling over and he's going, there's some teaching that's taking place in the church that is causing people to second question their own following of Jesus. They thought it was this way that they followed Jesus and now they've got these intruders saying, no, you've got to add all these other things on if you really want to be a part of this church and be a true follower of Christ. You need to take on Jewish customs, Jewish ways, Jewish rituals. If you really want to be confident in your salvation, if you really want to be confident and secure in being part of this Jesus movement, then you need to get back into Jewish ways. And Paul then basically says, no way, no way, you dogs. Oh my goodness, this is one spicy church meeting. <laughs> basically what Paul is addressing here is these people that are saying, you know, yes, believe in Jesus, but make sure you keep to this ritual, that ritual, this religious law, that religious, religious law. He's basically addressing people that, and saying, there's no confidence in human effort to achieve full life in God. Because what is happening is that these theological intruders are basically saying, it's in your own power, your own effort, your own religious ways and rituals, that is going to make you legitimate as a Jesus follower. That is going to make you legitimate as a person worthy of being in this church. Your confidence can come, say these intruders, through adding on to your Christian life, that which is a bit more than Jesus. <laughs> I thought I'd show a picture of a nice dog. Because when we think of dogs, to be honest, I'm not a dog lover, or I wasn't a dog lover, until we got a dog. <laughs> Barney. Lovely Barney. So cute and cuddly. My best friend. 
Sorry, Hannah. He's become my best friend. And I can't imagine him barking. Actually, he barks a little bit. If you come to our front door, he does bark, but then you can give him a cuddle and he's lovely. But that's the image I have of a dog, not of a massive dog barking out and bellowing out, although you see them on the streets, and I'm quite frightened of those kind of dogs. I walk around the streets of Bourneville with a little cockapoo looking very unmanly. But try and get that image out of your head. Dogs. What he's saying, beware of those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilations of the flesh, those people that are taking you away from what it really means to be a Christian. Because they say what it means to be a Christian is to take on all these different rules and regulations. And Paul then says, if you really want to know what I'm like, I have so much reason to put confidence in the flesh, in these trappings and trimmings of religious life. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Ouch! Of the people of Israel, marvellous, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, as for passion, as for enthusiasm, I persecuted the church. I am faultless. I'm above reproach. I'm the best religious person you could ever imagine, the most holy religious person you could ever imagine. I am in all humility, amazing. <laughs> what Paul is saying here is that actually saying, my Jewish heritage, heritage and background is actually, actually really, really, I'm really, I'm proud, really proud of it. Of it. It's, it's a really good thing. I've come out of a, a fairly secure religious framework, a good identity. I, I, I'm, I'm faultless. I'm good as a Jew. So he's not, he's not being critical of that. He's not having a go about his Jewish background at all. What he's saying is that those who say you have to take on the Jewish customs in order to be a legitimate Christian, adding to the ways of Christ perhaps, that's where the problem is. Because all of this he regards as good but he flips it on its head. And it's like one of those testimonies. I I love those testimonies where people have come out of real pain and and difficulty and struggle and then say, but I turn to Jesus. But the testimony of Paul is different. Paul is saying, I've come out of a good foundation of worthiness, of righteousness, of law and honouring God and being passionate. And it's out of that good foundation that I consider it nothing now. I thought I had it all. Well Well respected, wonderful, uh, uh, religious, pure life. I had it all. But something changed. I realized it was nothing compared to gaining Christ. Christ supersedes everything. And there is nothing added extra Extra other other than Christ himself that matters to who I am before God. My security is not in my religious laws. Dare I say it, your eternal salvation is not bound up with how many rotors you're on at SBC. (laughs) What Paul is saying 
is that it is Christ and Christ alone and nothing added at all. My confidence, my my worth, my value, my identity, my dignity, who I am before God and before each of you is bound in Christ alone. We sing it so often, but we struggle to let it go deep within in our emotional, psychological, social, spiritual, and physical heart. Christ is the confidence of my life before God. Christ, Lord over all, is the confidence of this church in our community. I consider loss, all of that identity, everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, the participation of his sufferings, becoming like him and so how attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is is Paul describing Easter, Good Friday and Easter again. Every Sunday in this church should be a participation in Christ. Easter, Good Friday, Easter again. So, I want to finish with this. There is so much more for me to say, but I've had to cut it down a little bit. Do you trust that God loves you for who you are? You have nothing to prove. I've seen sons of fathers cry before their fathers because they don't feel like they can live up to the expectation of their father. (laughs) Human relationships, we so often feel the need to prove ourselves before others. I want to say to you all this morning, you've got nothing to prove before God. He loves you for who you are right now in this moment. If you can put the next one on, that would be great. Do you believe that knowing Jesus sets you free? You have everything to gain. Go on a rotor at SBC. We need so many people. But please do it out of freedom and not pressure. Out of love to serve and be a part of team, not because of guilt. (laughs) Do it out of joy and generosity, not because you think you're earning your salvation Salvation and and people in church church will look good on you. (laughs) No. Be free. That's what Paul is saying. Free in Christ. How can you live confidently in Christ here at SBC? I love it that nearly every chair is, is taken this morning. It was the same last week. Get a ticket for next week. We're going places. It's good. It's exciting. Don't feel like you need not to come next week. But don't come out of guilt next week. Come in a place of expectation to meet with Jesus. Not meet the new minister and wonder what he's dressed like. 
Come and meet Jesus, the risen Lord, who journeys with you in all of your suffering, and you journey with him too, who is alive forevermore and brings hope. Our nation needs to hear the message of hope more than ever before, and tomorrow will be significant. We have one who lives because he lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Let us be confident in Christ here at SBC because of Jesus, not because of a new minister. Let us be confident here at SBC in Jesus. Whatever the worship band is, whichever one of the three, which, who are all great, it's Jesus. Come and be confident here at SBC because of Jesus, whether our budget is great or a little bit struggling, because of Jesus. Come and be a part of a growing community of God's people as the Spirit moves. Our confidence is in Christ. Jesus is Lord of this church. He is Lord of the global church and all nations. Let our confidence be him. And I'm sorry, I think I went over 20 minutes. Amen.